welcome to the Tales of Teaching podcast, a place where I hope you can find inspiration, creativity, and most importantly, someone to relate to. Teaching can be tough, as I'm sure you know, so I'm hoping this can be a space where we can motivate one another to take teaching to a whole new level. everybody you guys are listening to episode nine of the tales of teaching podcast and today i'm going to be talking to you guys about back to school night (laughs) now the reason why i kind of wanted to chat with you guys about back to school night is because well i just had mine and this is now my fourth back to school night and i feel like i've just kind of learned a lot of things along the way and i wanted to kind of hopefully share with you guys maybe some tips and tricks to kind of maybe make it more organized and to make you feel more prepared and to kind of give all the information that you need to give to parents. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and jump right in with you guys. Okay, so my first tip, and this is going to sound like a yeah, well, duh, is to kind of be as organized as possible. Um, You want to make sure to kind of address everything to your parents just so there's no confusion. So I kind of almost take my slide that I know I've told you guys that I use for back to school with my kids, and I take that slide and I make a copy of it, and I kind of just like change some of the wording and change kind of the sum of the format a little bit just so it makes more sense to be talking about parents. I mean, there's certain things obviously in my back to school slide that I talk about with kids like how to line up that I don't necessarily need to talk about with parents but there's certain things like homework um, and my expectations and that kind of thing that I like my parents to kind of know so they know so I'm kind of almost as transparent as possible with them so let me go ahead and share with you guys kind of what I mean by being as organized as possible so the first thing like I'd mentioned is to kind of what I like to do is I like to make a powerpoint presentation and you you guys are probably like well yeah at this point you're making powerpoint presentations for everything but if you've not noticed that's kind of what helps me stay organized and to make sure I'm covering all the things because especially we're back to school night it's not like you can go oh shoot I forgot to tell them that let me just talk about it the next day like you would with your students, right? You want to make sure you're addressing all of it and hopefully answering any questions that they might have um, or want to ask later. So my first thing that I like to do is kind of go over my expectations. So obviously I'm not going to go over with them like how I want, how I want you to behave. Um, I more so kind of go over like, hey, these are the expectations that I hold my your, your children accountable or my students accountable. And um, I'm just letting you know, like, you know, if they get a warning, this is what this means and they get a minus dojo point. That's what got to that point. It's not just me handing out um, minus dojo points, just all willy nilly um, and kind of talk them through kind of like what happens when they don't kind of obey, I guess you can say. Um, and like I said, like just just kind of be a trans- as transparent as possible with parents. And so like when they're getting a message from me or they're seeing a minus point on Dojo, they kind of know my process. Okay. Um, the next thing obviously is kind of to go over supplies. At my school, we are allowed to ask for donations, I guess you can say. Um, my parents always like to know what supplies I recommend. And for the most part, you guys, I buy most of my supplies. Um, and... The only thing that I kind of really have them as a must is a composition notebook um, and a binder. And then if they want colored pencils, kind of all the fancy stuff, that's kind of extra. Um, I give them crayons. They get a glue stick, a dry erase marker, scissors, 
um, and that kind of stuff from me. I have a couple spiral bound notebooks that I buy myself too. So it'll kind of, they kind of don't have to worry so much about that. Um, just kind of, so those small little things are kind of really all that I ask for. Um, I also kind of put like a little Amazon wish list out there because my parents always wonder or want to know how they can help or how they can donate to our classroom. So that's kind of the best way that I've seen fit is I kind of have a classroom wish list of like, hey, these are the things that I want towards our class. And to be honest, yes, I put classroom supplies, but I also like to throw on like cleaning supplies and read aloud books and things like for transformations um, for my classroom just to kind of make my our classroom exciting. And so those are the types of things if you're curious as to what I put on them and why. Okay, so after I kind of went that, then I like to obviously go over lines of communication. Um, so I like to send out a parent survey that kind of asks what lines of communication they find the most useful and which ones they could kind of do without. And I kind of like to know, it's just so like, you know, if all my parents don't like flyers being sent home, why would I bother printing out a newsletter, right? Um, and this just so happens this year that a lot of them, or actually all of them <laughs> said that they appreciate an email and a text message. So what I did is I'm going to be sending out one monthly newsletter and um, signing up for Remind. And if you guys are not familiar with Remind, it's just like this app that you can get um, or a website. So I just went onto the website and you just type in all the phone numbers of your parents. So I went ahead and I asked for my parents' cell phone numbers. So I just went in, I put all the parents' information and cell phone numbers. And what it does is it sends them a text message saying like, hey, Mrs. Harwick has invited you to her class. She's going to use Remind. Um, reply back yes to register or whatever, to be registered with the class. And so that's all it does. And so now when I want to announce something to my class, um, I just type it up onto my computer and I press send and what it does is it sends a text message out to all my parents. So yes, it's sending out that text message, but then again, I'm not giving out my phone number because I know some people are kind of weird about that. I don't mind with certain parents, but again, there's maybe other parents that I don't really feel comfortable giving my phone number out to. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I kind of get around that. But what you want to do is you kind of want to sit there and you want to talk about kind of, hey, and I, again, like you guys, I talked about a whole episode of parent communication. So if you guys are kind of curious of, as to how I communicate with parents, maybe you go ahead and check that episode out. But I kind of just say, hey, these are my guidelines. This is what I, this is how I can, will communicate with you. This is how you can communicate with me. And I kind of lay it all out there um, and get them hopefully all signed up on ClassDojo because that's kind of what I use. That's my biggest one and then email and I like to kind of almost tell them like hey just letting you know I'll get back to you within 24 hours um, 5 p.m the latest okay um, just because that's kind of usually when I like to check my emails is kind of right when I get home so that's important too is trying to give them hey this is that this deadline as to when hopefully you'll hear from me if you don't then it'll be the next day right you don't want to say as soon as possible because then you're going to kind of leave that up for their interpretation so after I kind of went through line of communication, and then I like to kind of talk about upcoming field trips because you guys, you have a room full of pretty much almost all your parents. You want to tell them um, <laughs> when these upcoming field trips are because if you need volunteers, you can get them to volunteer and sign up right then and there. Um, it just so happens that every single year for our city, we have what's called Glendora Day at the LA County Fair, and we get to go for free um, with all the students, and it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm saying that sarcastically. It's oh, not a nightmare, but it's just, it just gives me anxiety 
have making sure all the kids get back to school on time, if that makes sense. Um, so I like to have as many volunteers as possible because I like to split up my groups into small little groups so they can wander and do all the things that they want to do. Um, I also, because this is our field first field trip and to kind of make it more exciting, I kind of almost put on a little scavenger hunt and I put a list of things um, on a piece of paper that if they take pictures of it and send it to me via dojo, then they'll get extra house points. And so that's just kind of a way to kind of make it fun and for them to have fun with their group and just to kind of have, add a little extra level of fun to it so I kind of I'll have a sign-up sheet for that and then we at my school we have what's called colonial day and this isn't technically an upcoming field trip but it is like a field trip that we need lots of volunteers for we need as much help as possible and so I like to kind of give the date way ahead of time so parents if they want to help out can take the day off of work they can request it um, and I can kind of see who wants to be on board with helping okay and so that kind of helps me just to kind of see um, who who's who can help, okay, and to see if colonial day will be possible because it's not possible if we don't have a lot of parent help. Um, the next thing that I know a lot of teachers do is they'll put out their parent-teacher conference schedules. Um, that's, again, also really fun and really key because then, again, like I said before, most of your parents are there. You can get them all signed up and ready to go, and then you don't have to, like, hustle them down and try to get them to schedule. And what's nice is they could possibly, you know, make sure that time is blocked out for work or make sure they get a babysitter or whatever their situation is. Um, and I do student-led converse, uh, student conversations. Wow. I do student-led conferences, so that's, like, a little bit different. Um, they bring their child with them, and I'll probably do in the next podcast cast or two I'll kind of talk about that with you guys because it's literally one of my favorite things um so I don't personally do it just because I like to kind of wait till it gets a little bit closer maybe like a month or so ours aren't until um the week before Thanksgiving break so that's November you guys it's a long time um but if yours are kind of close it is a really great idea okay <sighs> so upcoming field trips I got that and conferences um so I also kind of like to show my um my parents so you guys all know that I have I adapted kind of Ron Clark's essential 55 and what I did is I changed it kind of to my essential 22 and so what I like to do is I, I like to kind of show them kind of how my classroom is ran like hey if you hear the kids say these types of things this is kind of where it's stemming from I kind of share that in my class we stand to speak we have great eye contact we work on debating we work on sharing each other's opinion and I kind of go through all those things just to kind of share with them again what I'm doing so they don't have their kids coming home thinking they're crazy like my teacher makes us stand to speak right um I just like to kind of share why my philosophy behind that and kind of all that great stuff and then lastly one thing you kind of want to make sure to go through is kind of and this sounds silly you're like birthday homework and field trip policies so at our school they aren't allowed to volunteer for a field trip for example if they're they if they're not background checked and not ran as a volunt as not ugh, sorry if they're not a viable volunteer through the school so they have to make sure to go through the school if volunteering for a field trip is something they want to do so i make sure to talk about that birthdays and this is going to sound funny but i teach fifth grade remember remember i like to know within 24 hours when you're going to bring in birthday goodies and i always explain to you birthday goodies are not mandatory um and at the end of the day <laughs> I like it to be at the end of the day so I can pass them out and it needs to be individual individualized so cupcakes cookies cake pops rice krispie treats um bagged things that are easy to pass out okay so I don't want any sheet cakes or I'm gonna have to sit there and try to cut it out um donuts are a good one too and so 
I kind of explained to this like, hey, this is my philosophy on this. I know it sounds silly, but it's for a reason. So, so I can pass them out kind of as the kids are going. Because um, to be quite honest, and I was joking with my colleagues about this the other day, um, we've gone to a system now where we have minimum days every Monday. And what they did to do compensate for that, those minutes is they added on nine minutes to every other school day. So Tuesday through Friday, we have nine extra minutes. And I joke with my colleagues like, where did those nine minutes go? It feels like they disintegrated because I've do not feel it at all. So my point here is barely have enough time as it is. I don't think I'm going to have enough time to pass out goodies. So I usually like to do it kind of right when they come back from PE and as they're kind of getting ready to leave. So letting me know kind of, kind of know. <laughs> so those are kind of, that's kind of the gist of what I like to include in my PowerPoint presentation and just kind of go through with my parents. And at my school, we just changed it now where we only have really 30 minutes to kind of discuss things. And I used to think like, oh my gosh, 30 minutes sounds like a long time. But this year, I literally was talking down to the exact minute. <laughs> and that's not like me. So it just kind of kind of goes to show kind of as you kind of get more comfortable with it, well, at least for me, um, you kind of start to lose track of time. Um, so that's kind of what my presentation kind of entails. Um, now I'm going to kind of talk about the paperwork that I like to kind of give my parents. So I'm sure you see on like everyone's Instagram feeds or when you walk into a room, right, there's all sorts of paperwork um, that they give the parents and you're like, okay, that sounds great. But like, what kinds of things are you giving them? And it's kind of hard to know, especially if you're a first year teacher or a new teacher, what to be asking from your parents. Um, I feel like the only reason why I knew what paperwork to kind of give out and what information to get from them um, was because of my mom and I asked her and she's a teacher. I don't know if I mentioned that before, but she teaches second grade and I used to help her all the time. So that's really the only reason why and how I knew what to put in there. Um, so essentially, all I do, you guys, is I make a quote-unquote folder. And what I mean by quote-unquote folder is I just take a, one of those big pieces of construction paper and just fold it in half and create a folder. It's nothing fancy. I'm not going to go out of my way and spend money to buy a folder that, you know, isn't maybe going to re be returned back to me. Um, and it's just nice because it keeps it organized. So in this folder, um, I like I said before, I like to have the volunteer verification form ready just in case they didn't do that already um and i think it needs to be updated every year at our school so i like to just kind of remind them hey if you want to be a volunteer in the classroom or you want to volunteer for field trips this is what you got to do um our school also gives a pamphlet on common core and i think like building independence in your student so we get those two already so that's nothing that i have to do but it's kind of nice because it explains common core and kind of what it does um and how it helps and some vocabulary and where they can find information on that. And so that part's pretty nice because that kind of covers that and I don't have to really worry so much about that. Um, the next little thing that maybe you guys saw on my Instagram is that I like to put a photography in the classroom um, form for the parents to sign just to kind of give me permission to post their child's picture. Um, and the way that I kind of share this, and I know I talked about it in my very first episode of this podcast, um, is that it's all for educational purposes. I'm doing it so I can share kind of with you guys what we're doing in the classroom so you could see the kids live and in action of the activities that we're doing. Um, and it's not so much to kind of showcase like, hey, this is the student and invade on their FERPA or their privacy. Um, it's more so to kind of show what we're doing and kind of highlight great things that we're doing so you guys can bring them into your classroom as well. And the best way to make sure, because I know it's, it's such a fine line. I was like reading all the FERPA stuff the other day because someone wrote something on my page and it like freaked me out. Um, and what you, 
the basis is you want to make sure you're not infringing on the child's privacy. So you, if you're going to be posting something, again, having the parent's permission does help. I didn't clear a lot of these lines, but you want to make sure you're not um, showing anything that's going to be showcasing kind of the, who they are, right? If I'm just posting a picture of us like working in class, you want to make sure that like nothing shows their name, nothing shows that's going to give away kind of who they are. Um, just because then you're invading on their privacy, um, you're showing strangers on the internet things about this child, right? Um, and so just, I say, just be very careful when you're posting about them. Maybe ask yourself, like, is this something that's appropriate? Is this going to um, inform students or is it making fun of students, right? I'm always very careful. And I know sometimes students, you know, give silly responses or whatnot, but how horrible would it be if they saw that and thought that you're making fun of them? And so I just say, be careful with the things you say. Like whenever I post student responses, I'm always talking like, oh my gosh, I just love this response or I love it, how deep it is, right? You never want to say like, oh my gosh, look what this student said. It was so funny. Well, to them, they might have actually meant it, right? And you might be hurting their feelings. And I don't know, I'm not a huge fan of kind of poking fun at your student at your, on at your student's expense. And so I just say, be careful with that. So I have my photography in the classroom and it basically just kind of says, hey, like I have a teacher Instagram. I share with my, my parents what my Instagram is. I don't share with my students just so my parents can kind of check it out if they want to and then sign the form. Um, I don't do it for to get more followers. So if some of you guys are thinking like, oh, great, she makes all her parents follow her. That's definitely not the case. They can follow me if they want to. They don't. I'm, I'm not. My feelings aren't going to be hurt. Um. So I kind of share with them my teacher Instagram and kind of what that's all about. And then I kind of talk about how I have my blog and I like to post ed uh, uh, um, educationally kind of what we're doing. Um, I also post on Class Dojo and then I also make a PowerPoint at the end of the year. And so I'm like, I take lots of pictures and so I want to make sure that it's okay. And I have many a time I've had parents like, hey, um, you know, my child's a foster student or my, my child is, was adopted and I don't feel comfortable with that. And so whatever their explanation is, it really doesn't matter. Um, but I kind of just explained to them, okay, just letting you know, he probably, he or she probably won't be any of the pictures. Um, and if they do happen to be in it, I just want you to know, I don't want you to feel uncomfortable with the fact that maybe their face is blurred or there's like something covering their face, like an emoji or something. Right. Um, and so just so they're full understanding, like, oh my gosh, you defaced my child. Right. Um, and so that usually goes over pretty well. Um, and you guys, if you look at my Instagram, I really don't post a lot of pictures of my students just because it is a weird line. And I don't know. I feel like you can get things. I, I can put myself out there and you guys can see it for yourself. Um, but I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> Um, so my photography in the classroom. And again, I just have my parents either check yes and sign or check no and sign. And again, they have the reasons. I don't care. I just know if it's no, absolutely no pictures of them. Um, so then I also like to put a pamphlet of everything I talked about, kind of like a gist and short term. So everything that was on that PowerPoint, I kind of throw in that pamphlet just so like they can go back and look at it. I also like to put a cute little magnet with my information. So basically what it has, it has my school email, it'll have the school phone, and it'll have our class website on it. And I like to do this just so they like always have like our information kind of at the 
blink of an eye, right? They can put it on their fridge or they can put it somewhere or throw it away. I really don't care. <laughs> I just think it's a cute little way to kind of showcase all the important things kind of all in one spot. Um, and we have a class website where I like to post homework help. I'll post my back to school night PowerPoint that I showed. So in case parents couldn't go, which I had a couple this year that couldn't based off of, you know, one of them had a newborn baby and I get it. Um, some of them have other kids that are younger, so they have to pop out earlier. Um, and so I like to kind of just put that on there just so they didn't feel like they were missing anything. Um, and I also use my website um, for, like I said, homework help. They can print out homework if they forgot it at home. Um, it has frequently asked questions as well as some house information because I do the houses, right? So I like to kind of put up kind of how they're doing. Um, that slideshow that I shared that comes in my bundle, you guys, if you put it on... Um, your class website, the presentation, it'll actually show up-to-date points if you guys are constantly updating it. So that's kind of really cool to put up there um, to show parents like, hey, here's the lead leaderboard of the classroom. Um, I'm trying to think what else I put in there. Um, just standard-based stuff too. So if they need to go back and look at what writing standards are and that kind of stuff, I kind of throw that up there as well. And then again, I said frequently asked questions. So like how to log in to um, classroom uh, Google Classroom from home because that can kind of be a weird struggle because it's different than the way that kids would log into it at school. And so I kind of direct them towards that. Um, I also, and this is kind of a kind of, I guess, a question for you because so, some of you guys are probably thinking, well, you're missing this, you're missing that, you're missing this. Um, two years ago, I decided to put half of that stuff online just so the parents are really only turning in that that photography in the classroom thing my very first year I had them fill out a student information card and a volunteer sheet and the photography in the classroom and, and this other one and they had like five pieces of paperwork that I was waiting to be turned in by every student and you guys that's way too much work you should never make it so you have that many pieces of paper for them to turn in and so what I did was I was like, okay I'm gonna have the photography in the classroom because that's the one that's important I want that as a signature I want to be able to keep that hard copy in my files so that's the only one they turn back in. The next thing I did was I went ahead and I turned everything that kind of everything else that needed to be information wise, I put in like a parent survey. And so I just made this on Google Forms, nothing crazy. And so I kind of broke it into sections. So the first section is kind of about them and their ways of contacting them. So that's what I kind of talked about earlier. So what ways of communication do they like the best? What ways of communication do they like the least? I like them to put their email, um, their spouse's information and I know you guys can I can get all this on Aries but I just like to have it in kind of all one spot um just to kind of have um and you know at least with the email and the phone number I know it's going to be updated although sometimes on those student data databases they're not always updated or sometimes they're typed wrong and so again I just want them to kind of type that I also like them to type in their or give me their child's shirt size. Occasionally, um, I like to do class shirts, and so it's just kind of good information to know. Um, I'm trying to think what else is on here, you guys. Um, I also have a section for volunteering because I always have uh, questions about parents wanting to volunteer in the classroom. So I have a section asking, like, do they want to volunteer? What times? And so I have times they could check off. Um, what days, what types of things would they feel comfortable helping with? So some things like photocopies or, you know, prepping things at home or do they want to like be in my classroom, like helping me do things um, or like run centers. And so that's kind of viable information to know. And then I like just this one, this part's kind of fun. And, and this kind of is in lieu of, I guess, my um, student 
contact card or student information card is I kind of have them give me some information about their child, um, what their favorite subject is, their feelings about school. Um, I also ask them if there's anything I should know about them. So it could be health reasons or not. Um, and then lastly, one silly story about them. And this is, this part's just kind of fun and it's not mandatory for them to fill out that section, but just, I like to kind of know a little bit more than I guess you would on a student database website, if that makes sense. And so I just, this is my favorite thing to do. It's my favorite thing to read. I love reading kind of what the parents have to say about their child, um, what they're feeling, especially the question about feeling towards school. I don't know why I decided to add this question, but it's been so beneficial to kind of see like what their child's outlook on school is. Like, yes, um, you know, either it's negative or positive and the reasons why. And sometimes I even like the, is there anything I should know too? Because a lot of times you'll get some information that maybe you wouldn't normally get if you didn't have that question on there. Um, I've had some health ones on there. I've had really important information about maybe they get test anxiety, right? Um, I have information about like, you know, when they're pushed to read, they'll push back. And so it's just really good, like I said, information to know that you might not even think you need to ask, okay? So I have that. So I have my paperwork and then I have my online survey that I push out via um, email. Um, in the past, I've actually had a couple of computers set up in the classroom and kind of put, told parents to sign up on that. But the, I usually did that when I had more time because we used to have 40 minutes for back to school night. And now it's 30 because us, all of us teachers are like, we want to get out of there. Um, so now I just kind of do it via email and I just kind of keep sadly badgering the ones like, hey, sorry, can you just do this quick um, survey just to make sure I get everybody's. Okay, um, so that's kind of really all the paperwork that I panned out. That's all I need. I say less is more um, and only kind of do, I guess, what you need. Okay, um, so before I kind of talked about the folder and so or my, my quote unquote makeshift folder. Um, so this works or this is helpful in many more ways than just being organized. Okay, so first of all, of course, it organizes it. It's um, easy to have everything in one spot. The parents can just take it and go. The second thing that I love is that it shows me what parents didn't come. Because think about it. If the parent, you know, parents that come are going to take that folder and go home, right? And so what I do is I'll look around and I'll see, okay, these parents didn't come. I'm going to make sure to send them an email to make sure they get the information that they missed. Or um, I'm going to make sure that the child brings it home the next day. And so, I don't know, it's just a good note to take note of which parents, you know, missed out on it. So I can make sure that they get the information that they missed, if that makes sense. And the reason why I know who's is who's is because obviously I leave the folder on each of the students assigned desks. And so whoever's folder is still on the desk means that their parents didn't come. Um, and so it's just really easy to know. I'll have the child bring it home the next day and then I'll send like maybe a little note or an email or something just to let them know, hey, let me know if you have any questions. Here's my line of communication and kind of draw the lines at that. <laughs> um, and that's pretty much it. Super easy. Um, and again, use construction paper so you're not spending money. I mean, you're more than welcome to, you know, buy the cheapy folder, but you guys fold a piece of paper works like a charm. Sometimes, um, I'll even write the student's name on them, depending on if I have time or not this year. I don't know why I was just like really, really, um, really crunched for time for some reason. Okay. So I'm going to kind of go back and talk really quickly about the magnet with information. So the way I made this, you guys, it was just on PowerPoint. I used to make them fairly large with 
colored ink and stuff and this year guys my whole philosophy if you've not noticed is just kind of like simpler is better and so it's I just kind of went with the simple black and white um cute little doodles and stuff I just had the school phone number um my email address for work and then our um bit.ly of our school website via google um google sites so you guys all these were were like little teeny tiny like almost think of like business card size maybe a little bigger than a business card index card how about that okay so an index card sized magnet and you guys to make these magnets it's so easy i just printed them out in cardstock you can laminate them i've laminated them in the past but like this year, I was really pressed for time. Our back to school night is the day right after the first day of school. And I don't know why. I just like could not get with it. Um, which, hey, you know what happens to the best of us. So cardstock, cut them, laminated if needed. And then if you go to Home Depot, they have this tape. It's like literally on a roll. So it like literally looks like Scott, like a, what I mean by a roll, like a roll like scotch tape, right? You know how it's on that weird little roll thing. So they have magnetic ones that looks like that. I like it because it's super thin. You can pull it off like the little roll and just like rip it off so you don't have to cut anything. Um, the adhesive works really well. And if it's just something light like cardstock, it works perfect. So I just get one of those and that, and I have 33 students. You guys are, no, this year I have 30 students. So I have 30 students. I have, I do one strip of that tape on the back and it works perfectly fine. So you don't need to go out and buy a whole bunch. I want to say it's like eight bucks for this and I can do it for multi, I, it's enough for multiple projects. So I think to me it gets its money worth. It's lightweight. So it's not super thick. Like it's the ones you might buy for Michael's. Um, and you can make it any size you want, which is also ideal too. So highly recommend, um, that you do that. So the last thing I'm going to go ahead and talk about is one thing you guys really want to make sure to kind of hit is your teaching philosophy. You want your parents, I mean, I'm lucky in a sense where I have a lot of siblings. Um, I know some of the families of my parents and so I feel like they kind of just know what my teaching philosophy is, but I kind of do this part at the end and you want to kind of make sure like you're showing them like, hey, this is my, how I teach. These are my thoughts. Um, and just kind of share with them, like I said, transparency is key. Like this is what, here's what I'm going to hit hard on. Um, here's kind of my end all be all goal and kind of leave it at that. Um, like for example, I kind of talk really heavily on what kind of my reading policy is just because reading, um, it can be a little difficult, right? Um, especially in fifth grade, sometimes they come to me and they're just so over being pushed to do AR that they're like, Ugh, I hate reading. Um, and so... I mean, I'll share with you guys really quickly. So my teaching philosophy is just kind of, I want your child to read because they want to read, read, and then they, I want them to love to read, okay? I want to instill a love for reading in all kids because it's so, so important, especially with all those video games and stuff and, that they have out there. So I kind of tell them that, yes, I want them to go ahead and take, so yes, I want them to go ahead and take um, their AR quizzes because I feel like it's, it is important to practice reading comprehension um but to me I care more about if they're setting goals for themselves for reading and if they're enjoying what they're reading so kind of what I kind of <laughs> mine's a kind of a stockpile of a whole bunch of things that I've gotten from a bunch of teachers that I follow on Instagram so the first thing is um from Joanne Miller um she has like this lovely little poster that says what we're reading and so it's a um 
has, has like a square for a sticky note to fit and it's numbered one through however many students you have um, and I just kind of sit I have book talks with my students during SSR they they write down their sticky note what book they're reading and they write a goal for what page they want to try and get to by the end of the week okay and I kind of check in with them throughout the week to make sure that they're kind of hitting that goal and each time they do SSR they're updating um, what page they're on what page their goal is okay and so that to me is more beneficial and if I see and I was telling my parents if I see that like they set a goal for page 15 and you know it's been a couple weeks and they still haven't hit that goal um then it's a cue to me that hey we need to focus on a different book because this one obviously is not taking you it's not sucking you in um and I kind of kind of share with them like that part is more important to me than hey can they pass an AR goal can they hit an AR goal quiz right um but I still again want them to practice that because again I can't just get rid of that because sixth grade in middle school really does use AR and um I, I don't want them to kind of have that go out the window but again it's not my main focus not my main goal um so again so I just kind of share that with parents just so they're familiar because I don't know that's kind of it is kind of it's kind of a left field kind of thing um we have a lot of teachers at our school that are very passionate about it which to each their own um and so I want to just kind of share like hey they might have been really AR conscious last year I'm just letting you know I'm not and so certain things like that that you know you might be a little different of than fellow teachers you might want to share parents um with just so they're updated and so they know okay just two more things and I promise um I'll be done blabbing on and on and on about back to school night because isn't back to school night just so fun you guys um so one of my favorite slides that I like to do and I, I honestly I kind of highly recommend that you do this because I feel like I loved it I feel like it kind of showed kind of in a nutshell what our day-to-day life our day-to-day life well day-to-day life too um but our day-to-day is like in the classroom and I have this slide on my powerpoints called in my classroom and kind of what I did was I kind of put like a handful of little bullet points and I'll read them off for you guys of kind of what we do in my classroom kind of how I think our classroom maybe might be different how why I think our classroom is great and again, this is not like to be braggy or anything. This is just kind of show your parents like, hey, this is what hopefully your child has to look forward to this year. So I have in my classroom, students stand to speak. Eyeballs are trained to track the speaker. Students use accountability stems. They use I agree and disagree symbols. We cheer for each other's accomplishments. We debate. We do loud and crazy call and responses. We sing and we have fun learning. Okay. And so to me, this kind of shares with them, like, these are the things that I'm teaching your kids. These are the things that we're going to do. So if you hear about it, I'm just letting you know, right off the bat, this is what you're getting. (laughs) Um, and then lastly, this is my very last, um, slide that I like to share with my parents. So I have an overall, I strive for five things. Um, number one, excellent speaking and listening skills. This is key for me. So as to show parents, this is what we're going to practice. So if you hear kids saying it, that's why. Um, and I, then I always throw in the joke, like I share with my students that even adults don't have these great skills and they look at me very shocked. Um, number two, classroom community. I want to build a community of learners. I want to build a community where we support one another. Number three, organization. They're going into sixth grade next year. I want them to be organized and ready for life because organization is key. <laughs> Four, engagement. I want my students to be engaged in school. And then lastly, number five, a love for school. Um, Fifth grade can be hard. And so I want to make it the best that it can be. And then I kind of have at the very end, turn forms into appropriate areas and make sure everything on the checklist is done. So I do give them a little checklist. That part's old. I didn't do it this year. 
but I had a checklist of things to do and thanks for popping by. So what I did was I just got Pirate's Booty or popcorn and you just put a little thanks for popping by little thing on it and it's just like a little treat for coming to back to school night. Um, and that's pretty much it, you guys. I It's funny to me because people have so much hype on back to school night and you guys it's literally just sharing with your parents this is what i'm doing in my classroom transparency is key um this is what you're going to expect this is how you communicate with me and um and that's pretty much it um and i'm going to kind of leave you with one thing and maybe you saw it on my stories a couple days ago but it is so important you guys that you know your children or your children well hopefully your children if you have children um your students names um, I say this because I have 33 students, or no, I'm lying. <laughs> My cap is at 33 students, so who knows? I might have 33 students by the time you're listening to this, um, but I have 29 students this year, and I made it kind of my mission, like, I'm going to get all their names down by day one, and so we have Aries, so it's a little bit easier because I can kind of look at their student profiles, and I can see their picture with their name, um, and if you don't have Aries, you guys, there's still many ways you can do this, so I <laughs> repeat their names all day. And the first couple times, like, they're, like, raising their hand or introducing themselves, what kind of my rule is, um, when I call on you, just kind of share your name for me. I'm going to repeat it. I might look like a crazy person, but it just helps me. And they're like, okay. And so, you know, kid will raise their hand. Hi, I'm I'm Jeremy. Oh, hi, Jeremy. Thank you for, thank you for standing and speaking, right? So you're always repeating. And I, <laughs> I learned this trick um, from sorority, which you guys maybe are all laughing, but yes, I was a sorority girl um, when we were doing recruitment, how to remember the girls' names when you were meeting them. And so what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to repeat their name. So if someone says, hi, I'm going to use Jeremy again. Hi, my name is Jeremy. And I don't even have a Jeremy. I've never had a Jeremy. Um, hi, my name is Jeremy. Hi, Jeremy. Nice to meet you. I'm blah, blah, blah. Because if you if you say your name right off the bat, so hi, hi, my name is Jeremy. Hi, I'm Mrs. Harwick. Um, what you're doing when you're doing that is you're thinking of your name because you want to say it first, which sounds so funny, right? You're like, okay, I'm thinking of my name. I'm going to say it um, instead of actually listening when they say their name. Um, and so I kind of take this with everything. So whenever they stand and they speak, I'll say, okay, thank you, Jeremy, so much for sharing. You guys all agree that Jeremy had a great response. And they're like, yeah. And so I literally try to say their name as much as possible to connect their name <laughs> with their lovely little face. And so I can't tell you how much that helped. Um, we do a tiny little name game kind of in the beginning um, and kind of play around with names. But like, I'm not even kidding you guys the whole day. I'm just like saying their names, saying their names, saying their names. And I didn't really think much about it until I had a mom come up to me back to school night, actually. And she said, I need to tell you something. And at first I'm like, oh, okay. And she, <laughs> she um, said, I just want you to know that my daughter was like so excited that you knew everybody's names in the class already. Like she looked at me and she's like, mom, she actually knew my name. She actually knew everyone in the class's names. And I've never had a teacher like that before. And that statement just like really got me because yes, I understand like we're sitting there, we're prepping, we're doing all this stuff over the first day of school, all this stuff for the first week of school. But if you like took a moment and found a way to be able to kind of study their names and have an idea of what's coming in your classroom, do you know how welcome you feel if your teacher came in and knew your name right away? 
that is mind-blowing to me. And to me, I feel like that means more than if you were to spend money at Target and buy them a cute little first day of school gift, right? I think knowing their name is kind of a better gift than what you could do or what you can give them, if that makes sense at all. I don't know. Um, and so that's just kind of just kind of a little thing. And I know some of you guys probably have three classes worth of blah, blah, blah. But I'm telling you, if you can just take the extra minute, take the extra time, do the extra strategies that I had shared, um, you'll get their names fairly quick, uh, fairly quicker than if you were to do that. Um, and so again, every chance that I had, I was saying their names, um, repeating them after they repeated them. And then literally within the first maybe hour, I knew all of them kind of like the back of my hand. Um, and so that's the little (laughs) thing I want to leave with you guys today. Um, sorry for leaving you guys with kind of a shorter episode today, but that's kind of all I have for you. Um, it's been a busy, it's been a busy week with the first week of school. Um, slash back to school night as well but I hope you guys are just having a fantastic um fantastic Tuesday if you're listening to this on a Tuesday and if not I hope you just are having a fantastic day in general just a quick reminder please make sure you guys continue to rate and review it honestly makes the means the world to me keeps me going on this podcast um if you have any questions make sure you guys um, email me at hello mrs harwick at gmail.com you guys can also go into my website at hello mrs harwick.com you can fill out that contact sheet um you can also direct message me on instagram i'm fairly quick on instagram at messaging you back so if you have a dire question that's probably the best way of communication um but just kind of wanted to say that you guys are so incredible like I swear the people who listen to this podcast are just like the best human beings ever um and I just want to say thank you and continue being that amazing person that you are and just know that there's someone out there rooting for you and it's me um and I'm gonna leave it at that I hope you guys are having great back to school um if you're not back to school hopefully you guys are soaking in those last few uh weeks of summer days of summer hours of summer um but just keep being the amazing amazing educator that you that you guys are and have a good one that's it for today so i guess this is it till next time Yes, don't forget to check out the show notes for any of the links that I discussed in today's episode. If you enjoyed today so far, please share it with a friend um, because the more, the merrier. Thanks for tuning in and I can't wait to see you guys next time.